Go with me, please, in the scriptures to the book of John, gospel account of John. And let's go to the 14th chapter. John 14. In praying about the direction we should go, I was impressed with these scriptures and with these thoughts. And without hesitation, I can say this is absolutely one of the most important things in my life and in Phyllis's life. We, she and I, have come to rely on what we're going to share with you tonight completely. And, and what we're going to be talking about is something we do, when I say all the time, I mean all day and all night, all the time. And if you don't know about these things, I'm so glad you're here tonight, because you are experiencing serious deficiencies if you don't know about what we're going to be talking about, and, and you'll see it clearly as we go. In the 14th chapter of John, Jesus the Master said some things. He had told them he was about to leave, and they were quite upset. You know, he's the best thing ever happened to them. And, and he said, now he's going to leave and they're going to be on their own without him. And verse 16, he began to tell them that they were going to be okay. He said, I'm going to pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Another means one. There, there are different words in the Greek that mean another. One word means another of a different kind. That's not this word. This word means another of the same kind. I'm going to pray the Father, Jesus said. And the Father's going to give you another comforter. Well, who was the first comforter he's talking about? Himself. And so they're upset because he said, I'm leaving. And he said, look, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because you're going to get a comforter, another one, but he's going to be just like me. <laughs> Same kind. Another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That's comforting just hearing that, isn't it? And who is this comforter? Verse 17, even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. So not everyone has this comforter. Because it sees him not, neither knows him. There are a lot of people in the world who know nothing about what we're going to be talking about tonight. They don't see this comforter. They don't know him. But you know him, Jesus said. And he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Now, he's talking on that side of the cross. He hasn't gone to the cross yet, and the day of Pentecost hasn't happened yet, and the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. And he's saying he's with you. They had been with him, and they had experienced the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They'd seen miracles. They'd heard amazing things. They were, he was with them, but he said, soon and very soon, he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. In you. Who's going to be in you? The Spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit. And he's called the Comforter. The Comforter. Can we put up the Amplified on that? Or? Yeah. Oh, that's quick, one. Well, they're sharp. Uh, back up to verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And the Amplified defines the Greek word translated comforter here. If you studied this, you, you find it's the word parakletos. And... The Amplified does a good job of defining it. Instead of just giving one word, it says that this, he is a counselor, 
Well, that does comfort you. He's helper. That comforts you. Intercessor. That comforts you. Advocate. Strengthener. Standby. And after some study on this, if I had to pick one word out of all these, they pick the word comforter, which is, doesn't tell the whole story. It means literally one who is your help, one who is your assist, one who is your aid. And how many different ways could somebody be helped? Well, all the different ways they need help is all the different ways they could be helped. And so I like probably as much as any of these words, just the word helper with a capital H. In fact, I think it wouldn't be any stretch at all to say he is the super helper. And many of your modern translations, instead of saying comforter, they actually say helper. Because that's very close to the definition. He said, I'm going to ask the Father, he's going to give you another helper. So we'll begin speaking tonight. We may go into the following weeks as the Lord leads us talking about the helper. Would that be okay with you? The helper. The mighty super helper. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Truth. Skip on over to the 16th chapter. In 16 and verse 7, he's speaking to them some more because you see, they're very troubled because he keeps telling them he's about to go. He's leaving. And every time he'd say that, man, it would it'd shake them and, and they'd say, well, we're going with you and, and we'll die with you. And, and no, no, please don't leave us. And he said, no, listen to me. Listen to me. Verse 7. I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you. Expedient means beneficial, profitable for you that I go away. Now, they might have had a tough time believing that because he's the best thing that's ever happened to them. They can't imagine everything being okay with him being gone. He said, but listen, I'm going to send you another helper like me. It's actually going to be better for you. In this new situation. So you've got a whole lot of Christians. That read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And they look back. And and they read about how Peter and James and John. And these guys walked with Jesus. And how wouldn't it have been amazing. If I could have lived back then. And actually sat down at the table with Jesus. And been in services. And listened to him preaching. Actually the scripture says. What you have is better. Than what they had. Many people don't believe it. But I'm going to side with Jesus. If he said it's better, I'm going to agree with him. For one thing, those guys were not yet born again. And they weren't filled with the Spirit. And they're limited by Jesus being in the body. If John's talking to him, you can't talk to him until John gets through. If he's preaching, you understand what I'm saying? There are so many limitations, but here we're talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit being inside you 24-7, not being filtered through all this stuff out here. He's inside you. Do you believe the Holy Spirit is inside you? He is. If you've been born again, He is. Oh, but he can become so much more real to you. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. He can, the Holy Spirit can become so much more real to you than he has been up to this point. He can become as real and even more real than any human person you have interaction with. He is a real person. You see this in these scriptures as we keep reading. I want you to notice how Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit with the personal pronoun, he. It is actually incorrect to refer to the Holy Spirit as it. The Holy Spirit is a person, a knowable person. Note, I want you to count As we go down through here, how many times Jesus uses this word? You can see he's making a point. 
I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. I want us to count every time it says him or he. So that's one. Him to you. Verse 8. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. Of sin because they believe not on me. Keep going. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Keep going. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. These are all things the Holy Spirit does. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Keep going. How be it when what? There's another one. He, the Holy Spirit, he, the Spirit of truth has come. There's another one. He will guide you into all truth. How many is that? I think five. Keep going. For what? He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. That's like ten, right? Next verse. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Keep going. All things the Father has are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it to you. Keep going. A little while and you shall not see me. Again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. And they asked him about it. Verse 17. Let's skip down for, uh, well, we don't need to move too quick and miss all of this. We need to back up. Suffice it to say, he said it a bunch of times. Right? Do you think that would be enough to be satisfied that you should refer to the Holy Spirit as a person, he. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, does it make that big a difference? Well, if you walk in the door and we say, there it is, do you care? Does it matter to you? <laughs> you don't refer to a person like an inanimate object. Some people, when they hear something about the Holy Spirit, they think maybe it's just some kind of force or some kind of power. No, he is a person. He is God. He is knowable. The Bible talks about communing with the Holy Spirit, just like you do any other person. Communing with Him. You can commune with Him in your car. You can commune with Him in your bedroom, getting ready in, in, in the morning, in your bathroom. You can, you can get ready and commune with Him Sense his presence. You can ask him questions. And he can show you things. Let's back up a few verses. And see what Jesus said he would do for us. And ask ourselves. Are we experiencing this? Are we allowing him to do what Jesus said he would do for us? Back up. Chapter 16. Verse uh, 13. When he, the the spirit of truth, has come, what will he do? He will guide you into all truth. The truth will make you free. Anytime you're not clear on something, you ought to just stop. You don't have to say it out loud, depending on your situation. Under your breath, inside yourself, you can say, Holy Spirit, show me what's true. Because Jesus already told you he would do this. He will guide you into the truth. And call, well, of course, when you see the truth, then you know what's not true. By contrast. He will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself. Now, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, but I'll go ahead and say this now. Don't try to glorify the Holy Spirit He will point you to Jesus. You want to be respectful and reverent. But if you try to glorify and make more of the Holy Spirit than Jesus, you'll be missing it. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't even speak of himself. He says what he hears the Lord say to you. And what else will he do for you? He will show you Things to come. How many think that could be real handy? Getting a glimpse of things to come. 
Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. You can't get this anywhere else. <laughs> Nowhere else. Can you? Somebody say, well, what about these fortune tellers? And what about, like I said, you can't get this anywhere else. You're very foolish if you go and get somebody to read your palm and tell your fortune and this and that. Because that's trying to go for a spiritual input, but not the Holy Spirit. And there are other spirits around. And they'll be glad to accommodate you. But they will lie to you. And a lot of times they'll give you a piece of something that's true wrapped up in a lie. You do not want to dabble with any of those things. You don't need to. You got the real one. Huh? You got the you got him. Do you understand? If anybody ever gave you some really good advice, they got it from him. Hmm? If you ever heard anything that taught you, straightened you out, helped you through any kind of preacher, any kind of ministry, it was him. It was him through them. And it's such a great thing to learn. You can go straight to the source. You can go straight to the source. If anybody's getting good help from the Holy Spirit, you got the same spirit in you. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you got the same helper, super helper. Say it out loud, I've got, I've got the, greater one, the greater one, the comforter, the, comforter, the, helper, the helper, inside me, inside me 24-7, 24/7 inside me. If that's true, why do so many people seem so clueless and hapless and helpless and just keep messing up and just keep? They have not learned to look to him and depend on him and rely on him. They are doing stuff on their own. So one of the main things we're talking about tonight. By yourself, with divine help. Huh? (laughs) On your own, with divine help. Which one? It's not a trick question. (laughs) Let's keep reading. What Jesus said, the Holy Spirit. How many have faith in what Jesus said? He said that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, verse 13. So he'll guide us into the truth. We can know what is right and true in every situation. Every situation. He will show us what's right and what's true. And And notice that last phrase. And what will he do? He will show you things to come. Now don't over, don't hyper-spiritualize this. This doesn't mean you have to fall into a trance or you have to get caught up in a vision. The way the Holy Spirit ministers to us normally, now you can't experience some spectacular things. Don't misunderstand me. You could also live and die and never have an open vision and it wouldn't mean anything was wrong with you or that you weren't spiritual. Those kind of things don't happen all the time. And yet you can have this all the time. Don't over-spectacularize it. It can come to you so naturally and so normally just like your own thought. Only it didn't come out of your mind. It came from Him. And just that fast, you can get a glimpse of things working out this way. It hasn't happened yet. So what are you seeing? Things to come. come. I got some glimpses of this place before it existed. Sometimes people talk about deja vu. And they act real mysterious about it. For believers, 
this is normal operations. And no, it's not because you've uh, been reincarnated several times. No, 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 no. This is the first time you've been here. I assure you. And thank God we only have to do this one time. I'm really glad about that. Don't you believe the other stuff? It's not true. It's just simply not true. But you can see why people come to some of those conclusions. Because some of the things they're experiencing are real. And they're not in the word. And so they try to explain it some other way. But the Lord will give you, if you'll pay attention. He'll give you glimpses of things to come. And it's not that you fell into a trance. It's not that you had an open vision or heard an audible voice. But for a moment. In your mind's eye you might say. You saw that happening like this. And when you learn to pay attention, you realize that's him. Now you can easily ignore it. You can easily pass it off like, oh, what was that? I don't know. That just some kind of thing came across my mind. And that's what Christians are doing right and left to their own loss. We must learn to pay attention to him. And friend, if we will... You can learn to be led by the Spirit in the little things of life. Much less the big ones. All of them. I want you to say it out loud. Jesus said, said, the Holy Spirit Spirit would guide me me into all truth. truth. And And he will show me me things things to come. You, need to, you, you just need to, by faith, receive that and say, Lord, I believe that. I receive that. I thank you for it in advance. I thank you for guiding me into all the truth. I thank you for showing me things to come by your Holy Spirit. I thank you. I'll pay closer attention. These things are already happening. It's already going on. Folks are just not paying attention. And we've all made some mistakes in these areas, but let's change it. Let's make some adjustments. Let's make some changes. Keep reading. What else did he say the Holy Spirit would do for us? He said, he'll glorify me for he'll receive of mine and he'll show it unto you. All things, he said, that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, he'll take of mine and show it to you. He keeps saying he'll show you something. Said out loud, the Holy Spirit shows me things. Say it again. The Holy Spirit Spirit shows me things. things. Now again, don't try to have open visions or trances. Don't over-spectacularize it. You're seeing things all the time. We're creatures of vision. While I'm speaking tonight, you're seeing things. The ideas, the words are forming pictures. Well, the Holy Spirit would show us things in the nighttime, in the daytime, all the time. He'd he'd show us things. Go with me, if you would, over to Romans, the eighth chapter again. Here's a question. Do you need help? (laughs) Are you sure? You may think that's a foolish question. It's not. This is a very, if you got this question, just this question settled tonight with the right answer, it would change your life. I mean, change your life radically. Do you need help? (laughs) I'm going to help you answer that question from the word. Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I'm going to read this again from that complete Jewish translation. He says, similarly, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know how to pray the way we should. The, the King James says, as we ought. You hear, sometimes you'll hear people misquote this verse and say, you know, we don't know how to pray. He didn't say you don't know how to pray. He didn't even say you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what to pray for like you ought to know. And that's a very important qualifier. We know a few things. Few. 
But none of them do we know like we ought to know. And what, compared to what could be known about it. Now the Holy Spirit in you, you know how he knows? He knows the way you ought to know. He knows everything about everything. That's not an exaggeration. He really does. I know you met a few people here and there that thought they did, but they don't. He really does. The Holy Spirit knows everything about how you should pray and what you should pray for. He knows everything about how you should believe, how you should. He knows everything about transmissions. He knows everything about cupcakes. Everything. You take the greatest pastry chef on the planet. And the Holy Spirit can tell them things that would boggle their mind and that they never imagined about baking a cake. The Holy Spirit knows everything about how to fix your hair. Mr. Man, I wish he would tell me. (laughs) That's not the problem. (laughs) That has never been the problem. The problem is that people think I can take care of this myself. You know, I've been in this profession for 30 years. You know, I don't have to pray and ask God how to stock these grocery shelves and how to do that. You ought to. I've been doing this. See, this is the problem. If you ask people, Christians, do you need his help? They go, oh, yes, yes, I need his help. Oh, I desperately need his help. But the truth is, Monday morning, they act like they don't. And they don't even check in with him. And they don't even ask. They, you, you're here Christians. Good Christian people. And they will exhaust everything they ever heard and learned. And every one of their friends. And every professional. And spend every dollar. And then throw up their hands and go, well, I guess there's nothing left to do now but pray. <laughs> and you think, has it come to that? <laughs> Can you tell me? What's wrong with that picture? We're supposed to ask him first. Before we even start, we're supposed to check in with him. So many times folks have missed it. Trying to get God, Lord, help me do this. Lord, help me do this. And it's such a struggle, such a struggle. They never thought to check with him first if they were even supposed to be doing it. Or even if they knew they were supposed to do it, if they were supposed to be doing it today. This is the reason why so many Christians encounter so many problems and so many difficulties. And they're just exasperated and and weary. God, why won't you help me? Quit trying to get him to help you with your program. He's already got a plan. He's not going to adapt to you. And say, okay, you know, I've been trying to get you to go with my plan for 20 years, but I see you're not going that way, so forget my plan. What do you want to do? That's never going to happen. You'll just be on your own, bumping through the dark, making mistakes. I want to go through it again real slow. On your own. (laughs) Or... Somebody who knows everything about everything and is never wrong. Now, can you imagine? Never wrong. Never says, I don't know. Never says, I'll have to check. Never wrong. Divine help. Which one? On your own. Divine help. Huh? I know it's obvious sitting in here tonight. Thing is, can we remember it tomorrow? He said in, in Romans 8, 26, we don't know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit helps us. Do you need help? Yes, yes you need help. You might know some things, but you never know to the degree you ought to know. And you need His help. 
In 1 Corinthians 8th chapter and the second verse, 1 Corinthians 8, 2 says, If any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know it. I don't care how many degrees you've got. I don't care if you have been the top person in the world in that area for the last 50 years. You might be the expert among experts in your generation, but compared to what there is to be known about that subject, you don't know anything like you ought to know yet. But the one who lives inside you does. People sometimes say, you know, I'm still learning new things after 40 years. Like that's a surprise. (laughs) You're supposed to be learning major new things every day if you're looking to him. Do you need help, my brothers and sisters? Are you sure? You need help. Did you know what Jesus said? Without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, the spirit quickens, the flesh profits nothing. Do you know that Jesus did not minister in the teaching and preaching of the word, in ministering to the sick, until he was baptized in the river Jordan, you remember? And the Holy Spirit came on him. Then he went out in the power of the Spirit and ministered in that anointing. And we have reason to believe he quoted this passage from Isaiah repeatedly saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Jesus was very, very conscious of the Holy Spirit being upon him. Why? Because the scripture teaches that he emptied himself and became like other men. Well, we all need help. And he operated the way we operate With the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And even when he gave commission. To the apostles after he was raised from the dead. That they're to go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. What did he say? But you wait until you be endued with power from on high. Didn't he tell them that? Don't you go out and try to do this by yourself. (laughs) And so what they were doing on the day of Pentecost. They were waiting. Waiting on him to come to help them. And that's when the Holy Spirit came in there, hallelujah, like a mighty rushing wind and sat on them and filled them. This is their much needed help. And friend, if they needed help, we need help. We need his help to go through life just relying on yourself. Only. It's pitiful. It's such pride. And it's such ignorance. And it is so frustrating. I know years ago. I was praying about some direction in ministry. And I did not have the answer. And I remember after work. I'd come in and get quiet. And think. I'm trying to think and find that answer. And I did this for days and weeks. And finally the Lord helped me to see what I'm doing. He said, Keith, I I didn't hear this. I just saw it inside me. It's like somebody going through a file cabinet and looking for a file. And so you went through all of them and you couldn't find it. And so you went from back to front and couldn't find it. And then you went from front to back. And then you went from back to front. And then you took half of them out and went through one time and took the other half and went, went through time and you took them all spread them out on the floor and you went over them again and then you did it another 30 times then you did it another 100 times then you did it another 900 times what might you conclude that what you're looking for ain't there it's not there how many thousands of times do you need to go through those files And so much of what you need ain't there. It's not in your little mental file. It just ain't there. And you can keep going through the files and going through it, looking and trying to find it up here in your little mind, and it will be so frustrating. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. Because I'd been thinking, 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 thinking. He said this to me. Don't just think. Pray. 
And I knew that meant praying the Holy Spirit. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. What good does it do? Who taps in to the one who knows everything. And as I began to pray, I didn't have all the answers, but immediately I began to feel better on the inside, like I was making progress towards the answer. (laughs) So now instead of being frustrated, I'm actually getting in faith. Right? And it wasn't just a matter of days and weeks until the Lord was able to lead me in, guide me into the truth about it and show me the way it was supposed to go. Do you need help? Yes. Look at your neighbor, help them out. Say, say, you need help. You need help. <laughs> you, you, need, help. <laughs> you need help. You need, I need help. You need help. And for Christians, we don't just need help. We have help. That's what Jesus did when he gave us the comforter, the helper. He gave us amazing, unlimited help. I don't just need help. I have help. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I have help. Say it again. Thank you, Lord. I have help. Glory to God. Go to Proverbs, the third chapter, please. I'm thinking about closing. <laughs> Don't want to short you, you know. How do you guys, boy, you used to party late into the night on Friday. Man, I mean, you would just be getting warmed up right now. <laughs> In uh, Proverbs, the third chapter, such a powerful key, something to act on in what we're talking about tonight. Proverbs 3 and 5. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And what? Lean not to your own understanding. Is there a difference between your heart and your head? Hmm? Oh yeah. Which one are you supposed to rely on? Not your head. You're to use your head. But you're not to lean on and rely on your head. Use your head. God gave you a brain. Read. Listen. Do research. Try to find out. But you don't then make your decision based on the statistics you've learned or the percentages, or this or that, from my head. If you do, you're going to be wrong again and again. You might get it right sometimes, but you're going to get it wrong as much or more as you get it right. Because no matter how brilliant you imagine yourself to be, you can never know enough at that given time to make the perfect decision. You just can't. There's so much you, you cannot know. How about the future? What do you know about the future? And maybe your analysis and your research is phenomenal as of close of business today. But how many have seen everything can totally change by opening of business tomorrow? Stuff you didn't know. Oh, but the Holy Spirit does. I said he does. I've always been a motorhead of sorts. I like cars, uh, motorcycles, stuff that's loud and fast. And Phyllis and I had been in the ministry for a number of years. And I had a little hot rod. And I just left it at home and felt like I just needed to forget about all that stuff and give myself to the preparation of the ministry and we did for years but then at that juncture I I thought it would be okay for us to have one a car and so we found one I'd always wanted a Corvette and I had a little junky one but we got to the place where we could get a new one or this would have been 25 years ago I guess 
And uh, so I searched and searched and searched. And out of state, I found one, just what I was looking for. We negotiated a great price. And looking so forward to it, we were able to go on a Saturday, go pick this thing up. It was metallic blue with a white leather interior. It was sharp. Car looked great. Phyllis and I got there, and they didn't have it ready. They knew we were coming for three days. And we sat and waited and sat and waited. Well, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. And, man, half a day lost. And finally we got in the car, and the car just looked perfect. And we drove around the block, and we began to come around the corner. And Phyllis looked at me, and she said, this car's not right. Something's not right. Now, she's saying that for no other reason except we've learned to pay attention when we get some kind of a check in here. I had the same check, but I didn't want to listen to it because I came to get a new Corvette. And I've never had a new Corvette, and I'm sitting in one, and they will let me take this thing home today. And so I kind of played dumb and I said, what? What do you mean? She said, I, I don't know, but it just seems like something's not right about this car. There was nothing you could see. There was nothing that would cause you to think that. It looks perfect. It's brand spanking new. Got two miles on it or something. We drove it around the corner again. And she said, I, I, I still got it. I said, I know. Me too. (laughs) But one reason we were both willing to acknowledge is is because we had made mistakes in the past by not listening and then finding out the hard way later on. What would make you say that? Nothing in my head, nothing I've seen, (laughs) nothing I've touched, but we've learned to pay attention in here. We came back to the dealership, walked in. They said, what about it? Isn't it an amazing car? And I said, that car's not right. He looked at me. He looked at the other guy. And I knew by their look, they think we know something we don't know. (laughs) They looked at each other. And I knew them. They looked the way they looked at each other. They thought, how did they find out? It was, it was kind of unspoken, but you could tell it. You could feel it in the room. And they said, well, uh, why would you say that? We just said, the car, something's not right about it. And you know, it's a machine. The builders could have had a bad day on the assembly line. I mean, there's a lot of things can happen, right, that you could not find out until six weeks later, six months later, whatever. But see, the Holy Spirit knows everything there is to know about Corvettes doesn't he he knows and he lives in us I mean it wasn't a few minutes the manager came out he apologized I didn't didn't even after the day was over I still didn't know what they were apologizing for they thought we knew something no we knew somebody and they made us an amazing deal on another one (laughs) worked out really good (laughs) should we pay attention when something comes up in us we should you know we uh, uh, we fly we have an airplane we've had airplanes for years decades and one of the first jets that we had was uh, it had a well let me just back up a little bit we were training it was late in the day Busy, we're a long way from home. They had the plane ready for me. I fly it with the, I was flying it with another pilot, and we came, got in the plane. We're buttoning the door, getting ready to start the engines. I asked him, I asked the other guy, I asked the line guy when I got in, did y'all check this? Did you check that? I asked him about the oil, I asked him about the other. I did a real quick walk around, but they're supposed to have done everything. Uh, that particular plane had a nose wheel pin. If you towed it, the pin was in horizontally. But in order to have steering, you had to put the pin in vertically. And, of course, when you're ripping down the runway at 120 miles an hour, steering is nice to have. (laughs) 
So I asked him about the pen. Oh, yeah. You saw the pen? Yeah, I saw the pen. So we got in. We're all buttoned in. People are in the back. And we're ready to start it. And we started the engine. And it came up in me. Check the pen. So I asked him, I said, did you check the pin? Yeah, line guy checked the pin. I checked the pin. Start the other engine. Of course, you know, the engines are running out. It's costing money. You, everything, is, everything is pushing you. They've been waiting on you before you got here. There was some weather kind of moving in. You need to hurry and get out ahead of it. You're tired. Nobody wants to fool with it. These are the kind of things that get people in trouble. All these external pressures and rushing and not paying attention. But I've been here before. And I didn't always do the right thing and learn some things the hard way. I said, I want to get out and see the pen. They all looked at me like, really? I said, yes. Shut everything, shut everything down. Unbuttoned, opened the door. The pen was not in. It was not in. Well, the Holy Spirit knows. Should you trust him? Trust in the Lord what? With what? See, that didn't come from my head. That didn't come from our head about there was something wrong with that car. That didn't come from my head. I had no reason to think one way or the other about what they had done with the pen. And yet, it kept com- when it comes up in your heart, how long does it take to check it? And yet, you know, these kind of things have happened. And if we'd have been ripping down the road, it was, it was a really kicking crosswind that day. And if we'd have been ripping down the, the runway at 120 miles an hour and a real crosswind had hit us and I had no steering and we'd have run off the runway and full of fuel and exploded and died. People say, well, I just, isn't that something? You know why God took that preacher in the prime of his life? It's just mysterious. It's got nothing to do with God taking you. It's got to do with people not paying attention and not listening when he deals with you about something. Y'all with me, friends? Do you need help? <laughs> on what? Everything. Huh? Everything. A lot of stuff you can handle on your own, right? You, huh? You can, you know. <laughs> do you need help? Then what should you do? These two verses here are so important. What did he say? Trust in the Lord. What? Trust what you get in here. This is not logic. This is not reasoning. This is not what you've read in a book or heard on TV. This is what you sense. It's a knowing. It's just an awareness. It's a sense. Trust that over this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on, don't rely on your education, your experience, your intelligence, your reasoning. Don't use it, but don't rely on it to make your decisions. Now what does the next verse say? In what? In A-L-L. Well, this will revolutionize your life, friend. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. And what will happen? He shall direct your path. When the Lord tells you He'll direct your path, can you count on it? Can you believe Him? That He will direct your path. But what's your part? What's my part? Don't lean on this. Trust Him with this and acknowledge Him in all your way. Everything you do, be checking. Checking with Him. All day long. All night long. Checking with Him. Checking with Him. Checking your heart. Checking with Him. Lord, show me how to do this. Lord, what's the truth in this? Which way? Even when you're sure you know, still ask. Hmm? Because no matter what you know, you don't know like you ought to know. You don't know like what can be known, like what he knows. Do you? No matter what we know, we don't know like he knows. It's easy to assume, to presume, to fill in the blanks. Oh God, I got this, I got this. You know, you, you can help somebody that's got real problems. No, you, 
He's big enough to take care of everybody at the same time. He's big enough to to show you the truth in the little things. He's big enough to guide you to the right decision. And so what will happen if you begin to do this, there will be time after time, it will look like this is what you are to do. Everybody thinks this is what you are to do, but your heart says no. So you won't do it. You'll go another way. And sometimes in the beginning, people will say, you're a fool, you're crazy, why would you do such a dumb thing? And then later on, they'll be the very ones patting you on the back saying, man, that's exactly what you should have done. <laughs> this has happened to Phyllis and I numerous times in these past 30 plus years. So I've had people try to talk me out of ministry. People try to talk me out of ministry, being in the ministry. Talk me out of going for training, talk me out of going to Branson, talk me out of coming here. But then some of the same ones, maybe it might take 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but some of the same ones come pat you on the back and go, boy, you did the right thing. You want to say, not if I listen to you. (laughs) But if somebody gives you bad advice and you follow it and it messes up your life, it is your fault. Because you didn't have to go to them and you didn't have to do what they said. You had the super helper. Inside you, the counselor, you could have gone straight to him and he would let you know not to listen to that. He would let you know the right way to go. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just close our eyes and focus on him. Let him become real to us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.